This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig. He's Logan. Uh, so you mentioned Scott's starting to implement more, and that was a big concern for you earlier on in camp. It was like, yeah. hey, hey, Scott, like we've started. When are yeah. we going to start to ramp it up? And, you know, it's it's all part of a plan. There, there's certainly a lot of thought that goes into when you start doing more of that kind of stuff, and we are not privy to that plan. So for all we know, they are perfectly on their schedule. But now that it is happening, what has that done for the offense to have more answers, and especially for Carson Wentz? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Carson, uh, you know, has struggled a little bit. He, he, his struggles remain like he's, uh, I think he's holding the ball a little bit too long. He's been a little bit inaccurate. I think the past, since the pads have been on, it's been better. And it's, and there's, I don't know what it is. So, uh, what was that? Two days ago, the first day of pads, they did seven on seven. And I don't think he missed a throw. Perfectly accurate. And usually they do they do nine on nine, which is uh, you have your normal seven on seven structure, but you have three offensive linemen in there that are working some type of rush game or whatever, and it just kind of helps with division. And when that happens and there's a rush there, you see him get like unsettled. I know we've talked about this before, but it is it's something that kind of keeps coming up, right? So as much as Scott's done something different, I will say Taylor Heineke's looked very consistent. You know, he's made some nice. Push, pushing the football down the field. I feel like he's got a better mastery of the offense at this point. Um, but you'd like to see kind of Carson take what he's doing in 7-on-7, seven seven, which is great, and apply it to the team stuff a little bit more, right? Kind of like the way he was during an OTA. So as much as I want to be critical of Scott, and I think that comes from like, you know, I coach high school football, and I'm always like, what can I do more to put my guys in better situations to be successful? Right. But ultimately, like, you need the guy to do something for you, you know, and as much as I want to be like Scott, like, come on, let's let's dial it up. I feel like when you watch Taylor, like, you see kind of, are there holes in the offense? Sure. But are there holes in every offense? Yes. And is the offense getting better? Yes. Is Carson still struggling? That's also true. So, you know, I think Carson needs to kind of do something different you know I don't know what that is exactly like I just like when he misses throws he's unsettled I feel like he's he's feeling the rush in a way that is isn't good so uh, again like we'll see we'll see what happens over the next couple weeks because like you know the offensive line looked really rough four days ago and now they look like maybe this like not not the strength of the offense but they look like a starting caliber group even though they're missing some people still so obviously things can change very quickly and obviously there was a big catalyst for that in the pads so what is the catalyst for Carson, I think, is, is the next question when it comes to, you know, like, um, and I obviously I want, you know, Scott to support Carson as much as possible and, and kind of push himself outside the comfort zone a little bit. And I think one way he could do that is kind of attack the middle of the field and make sure the timing is a little bit better for him so he doesn't have to hold the ball super long. But I also feel like he's holding the ball long time on short stuff too. So 
what what the answer is there, I'm, I'm not sure. How much of this is the kind of stuff that you watched on tape versus because like so you, I hear that he's unsettled, right? And I'm excited to get eyes on him. Yeah. I'm going to be out of practice tomorrow. I'll get to see a little bit yeah. more for myself, and we'll have thoughts on that obviously on the radio tomorrow and then, and then here on Monday. But how much of this is similar to the kind of stuff that you saw on tape versus maybe some of that unsettle unsettlement? Is that I don't think that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, I don't know if that's his, a word. His unsettled. <laughs> it sounds like people were like housed somewhere and then they had to move. They're unsettled. Uh, and they were by the way they were pilgrims. Um, but there there his unsettled nature is from a lack of confidence yeah. in knowing the offense and the fact that it's still even though he has had the off season uh we're now in you know the second week of, almost on the third week of training camp that he that he has that knowledge but like it's still relatively new so if he's not confident in his knowledge and, and comfort with the offense that could certainly lead to indecision and looking unsettled but this is also a guy that for the eight millionth time as warren sharp uh, has has said uh, when he does his calculations has been the most inaccurate quarterback in the NFL the last two years. And there's some serious mechanical uh, worries for, for folks who have that level of expertise and watch him. So how much of this is similar to the kind of stuff that you saw on tape in Indy and, and back in Philly versus potentially not being comfortable with this offense yet. And that could swing at any point when he has some kind of mental breakthrough from having enough reps under his belt. Well, I think it's it is it's multifactorial for sure. So, like, let's just talk about in OTAs. He looked awesome, but again, like, I think the defensive secondary wasn't quite as dialed in as they were now. Like, they are really dialed in, and like, you know, everyone talks about Jahan and how productive he's been, and that that production's continued, but it's been a little bit more challenging to come by. And I credit the secondary a lot for that. Right? They just understand Jahan. They understand um, kind of how to match concepts better. There's not like these open runners that the way there were in uh in otas and you know occasionally scott is able to scheme something up and put those guys in good positions but i think that's that's one element right so like the windows these clear pictures aren't as clear as they once were you know in, in otas and and to be fair like even when there are clear pictures like there's sometimes an errant throw which is part of it and so that that's i think the maybe the confusing part to me is he looks so good in otas but when you watch the film like the of indy like this is kind of who he is you know he's a guy who gets unsettled he tries to make plays he plays a little off rhythm and i think uh you're kind of you i was kind of hoping that he'd come here they were able to kind of bring out the best of him and during the otas they were able to do that but now it seems like he's kind of reverted back a little bit or regressed to kind of a guy who's a little nervous, a guy who's not throwing with the greatest mechanics in the world. And so, you know, I had this conversation with John Kime and it was like, you know, players don't really change. As much as you want them to change, they don't really change. And I think the thing that's frustrating for me about the lack of change is I thought, well, you know, even if he's still not super efficient with the football and he's, you know, missing throws and he's errant and he's throwing interceptions, because of his arm talent, there will be an opportunity to push the football down the field more and you'll get more big plays. So if you're getting, you know, a 20% increase in interceptions, you're going to get a 20% increase in big plays and the offense is going to be more effective on the whole because big plays are very, very effective in terms of offensive production. But I think that's been the frustrating thing is that the big plays haven't come. You know what I mean? They're not, they haven't shown up yet. So that's the thing that is somewhat concerning for me is, you know, obviously there's still a lot of time in training camp. And when the rush is not there, like they did a two-minute drill on Saturday, and he looked like Mr. Efficient. You know, he was on it, he's dialed in, he's throwing the ball, da da and it's and it looks like excellent. Seven on seven, excellent. It's the, getting the team stuff, it just doesn't look quite as sharp. And so um, obviously it shows the importance of having a great protection 
package set up for him, having a great offensive line, because if he's getting unsettled by that, that that's a huge issue. It's a, that's a huge issue. All right, so now we get to a, a question that I've kind of wondered for years uh, in the NFL, and I feel like I've been talking about this for a decade. Uh, back when I was in college at Syracuse, like we did a lot of Jets talk uh, being in the state of New York, and like Mark Sanchez was like this when he was with New York. He was terrible for most of the game, and then get in two-minute, and he'd be awesome. And uh, I was just like, why don't they run more two-minute? Why can't they run a ton of two-minute, or like at least more tempo, because he's clearly more comfortable there. And there's I, I now, even with the extended understanding of football that I've gained from being a beat reporter and having conversations with you and, and folks uh, who have played in the league, like I understand why. When you're at tempo defensively you have to be simple and so it's a much simpler equation for the quarterback i also understand that there's factors of you know the clock and not wanting to like screw your defense of you know if if two minute goes poorly and then you're three and out in 30 seconds like that's that's pretty rough on your defense so i understand you can't realistically go tempo all the time in the way that like a college team could you know chip kelly when he was you know at oregon and what he's trying to do at your alma mater now at ucla like because they have a hundred person rosters, it's 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 a different game, um, and he tried it in the NFL, and and it it wore down pretty quick. But long wind up to say if two minute and things to to kind of negate that pressure are where Carson is better. How much of that can they run safely in a game to try to put together some drives at key moments outside of the last two minutes of the half and last two minutes of the game? and make sure that if that is his, his maximum success point, that they are there as often as possible? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think when you look at uh, practice yesterday, they did some hurry-up stuff, right? They're trying to kind of increase the tempo and kind of find different speeds to operate. And now that's a very common thing for every NFL offense I was a part of since 2014. So it's been kind of a trend in the NFL because it does, it does regulate defenses. And you mentioned two minute, like hurry up is different than two minute, right? right? Two minute is like you have select, like let's say 10 plays, most most teams do, and it's you can just signal them easily. And you, there's no huddle up, there's no muddle huddle, there's no really variation in protection. It's very, very simple. And so that's one of the reasons that people can't run two minute all the time is because teams figure it out. Right, they figure out what your two-minute package is, and you just can't execute that same speed all the time. Hurry up's a little bit different, right? You have code words that allow you to get to bigger swaths of your offense, right? So let's say I want to do power, I want to run a power in two minute. I can't run power because I don't have a code word for it. But in in hurry up, I can do that. I can say, hey, offensive line, the code word for power is Tyson, right? Tyson, and then I just signal the receivers or whatever we're doing, and we're up, we're running power, and we can kind of take our time, and we can regulate the defense that way. So I, I do think it's good that they're including that because a lot of teams um, had this conversation with Kyle, and or had this we had this conversation with Jay actually, so not not even anybody Jay. And one of the things he said is that sometimes you just got to go play football, right? There's a, there's this there's this trend in coaching with Sean and Kyle and Lafleur and McDaniel to get you in the perfect play. And obviously that's very successful, and I think you need an element of that. But you can also regulate defenses and ensure success by just increasing the tempo of the thing. And that was Jay's thing, right? If like I wanted to go fast, like I get a, a, a dictated response to the defense. So I think that's something to keep an eye on, too, is how much do they do that? And how does Carson handle that? And if Carson likes it, I would expect them to be in it quite a bit. You know right. what I mean? I'd well, expect and, them to be in it a and lot. And the other thing that kind of actually ties together a lot of the conversation we've been having that's important to point out here is... 
part of the reason you don't want to get stuck in that hurry up, part of that is not subbing. Because if you don't sub, the defense doesn't isn't guaranteed the right. opportunity to. Well, if you if your personnel grouping on the field is Dotson, McLaren, Samuel, McKissick, or Gibson, frankly, and Logan Thomas, right. like you've got a ton of versatility because Thomas can line up in line, uh, off the line, or out wide, uh, or in the slot, or like wide wide. All three of those receivers yep. can play all three spots. McKissick or Gibson, you know, obviously McKissick more than Gibson can line up everywhere and also are effective runners. I think sometimes JD's running ability as a running back because he is so good as a receiver gets underrated, but he can run pretty much any running play and has had success with it. And so Scott said that in his press the other right. day. He said that exact same thing. So, he, he was like, you know, we can spread these guys out. And run the football very effectively. So if you have that kind of versatility amongst your personnel, you don't have to sub in the way that that a traditional offensive substitution pattern would work to get to different formations, to create different matchups. And so that versatility actually would seem to be the kind of thing that could let you do her or be in hurry up a little bit more often. Because, again, at the end of the day, you're trying to get Carson and stuff that he likes. You're trying to make your quarterback as comfortable as possible. And for him specifically, what that is is not facing a heavy rush. Not that any quarterback particularly likes a heavy rush. No one's like, sweet, blitzes. Although Aaron Rodgers might. He's (laughs) he's nuts. Whatever hallucinogenic he took, you know, more quarterbacks might try that out. Um, But he, you know, he... He just knows exactly where it's coming from, throws behind it with, with a, a borderline superhuman you know, knowledge. But for everybody else, they don't want to be facing rush. They don't want to be facing pressure. And so if they can mitigate that and still have variety, still have the ability to dictate, and still have most of your playbook open, that seems like one of the ways in which Scott can help Carson out. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, you mentioned the three wide receiver package, but also like if you have Bates and Logan Thomas or Bates and Cole Turner, you might dictate a base defense response from the opposing defense. And then you get Logan Thomas matched up on a linebacker and that's outstanding. It kind of goes back to that conversation we were having earlier. So they do, in terms of offensive personnel, they do have a very nice kind of stable of people that would allow them to do many iterations of this hurry up and I think uh, that that's an exciting proposition and again if you can kind of regulate defenses find good matchups get good concepts that allow you to be successful I think that's outstanding and um, it's just about finding what Carson feels good with and and again also like in addition to Carson finding what the offensive line feels comfortable with too because you know they've been doing a lot of play action protections and uh, those play action protections are great and they seem to be holding up pretty good but you know like can you do that? Can they sustain? Is that what they want their identity to be? Because a lot of the concepts that they're running are a little bit longer developing. And, you know, I, I feel like Carson's not seeing those really well. So maybe you do live in a hurry up kind of hybrid. And, and that, that's kind of what you do. And I think the other important variable here is knowing when to throw that in too. like having your base offense available to you and then say, no, we're a little stagnant. Like, let's get to hurry up. And then that breeds some confidence in the offensive group that breeds some confidence in Carson. And then I can get back to whatever I'm doing in terms of play action, running the football and, and kind of balancing it that way. So again, it's a, it's a sweet science in terms of being an OC and you got to balance a lot of variables. Cause another thing you can do, and especially with this team is you can regulate per defensive personnel and play call with personnel, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about how you go light and you get a response, but because of the personnel on this team right now, you can go Bates, Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, and then you can have them line up in like a spread formation. And Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, like if they're matching in base defense, 
that's a mismatch for you, you know? And, and most teams, if you match in 13 personnel, so three tight ends, they run cover three. So having that on the table and expanding those types of packages are other ways that's, that Scott could do this. It doesn't just have to be tempo. It can be other things. So it'll be interesting to see as camp goes on how much they're exploring those other things. We already talked about formationally what they're doing, but maybe personnel is the next variable. Personnel, hurry up, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. And going back quickly to the offensive line, um, you know, offensive linemen always want to run the ball, right? They'd rather you'd rather go forward than than go backwards on a very simple go backwards, know, absolutely a very, very simple level. Just because you're in hurry up doesn't mean you can't run it. And in fact, in, in hurry up, like Correct. we're talking about, unlike two minute, because the clock itself is not actually what you're fighting. You're fighting, you know, complexity on defense and, and you know, and to an extent, fatigue on defense. If you can string together a couple first downs, sure. like. If you go quick and just fire it's off easier. the ball, like you can, you can run it a ton. Because here's the other thing with hurry up, and this is where it becomes a little risky with Carson and the inaccuracy. If you have an incompletion, you're hurry up screwed. Like you're not going to rush back to yeah, the line it's, off. It's not, it's off, not a hurry. Yeah, it's not, not a hurry up like, Incomplete. All right, everybody back on the line. Like that's that's not really how yeah. that works. And so you have to be able to string together completions, even if they're easy completions, string together runs. And this is where a running game in hurry up is super effective. If you can fire off the ball, get downhill, pick up four or five yards, and then go do it again and just keep wearing on the defense, leaning on them. You get a little play action, dump off, you know, things like that. And then you start getting that rhythm. And then eventually you, you try to hit that shot play when you feel like you've worn them down a little bit. You get the right look, whatever it is that, that, that you just know, like, hey, it's time. Let's go for the big one. And so that that element is is the risk, if you will, with a hurry up is if Carson can't really be trusted with any particular throw, that's 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 not ideal. It's not ideal in any scenario, but you know that just kills your hurry up idea because an incompletion means it's pretty much dead. Right, and I think uh, again, like we've seen high level Carson here. Even we've seen high level Carson in OTAs, a guy who can do anything. And we've also seen a guy who's struggling a little bit. So I think that that's we got to hopefully over the next you know two weeks before the first preseason game or whatever we see Carson kind of normalize and reside somewhere in between like essentially a perfect OTA period and what he's doing now. So if he gets in the middle there, I think I think you're feeling pretty good about what you got at the quarterback spot. But he's got to show you in order to kind of quell some concerns for sure. Yeah.